It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 410 of Locked On Raptors for Monday, November 5th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, as always, make sure you are checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA daily across the network from a bunch of different hosts. David Locke's on there once a week. Uh, We've also got Ben Golliver and Sam Amick as weekly contributors to Locked On NBA. It's a fantastic podcast every day for you uh, with the latest on the NBA. And you can also find Locked On NFL, Locked On NFL's 32 team-focused shows. we got Locked On Fantasy Football. I think we have two Locked On Fantasy Football shows. There's tons of stuff going on in the network right now. Also, the college shows as well. I think the college football season is coming to an end. College basketball starts up, I think, tonight. So make sure you're checking out those shows as well for the corresponding programs that you like and and you care about. I'm sure Locked On Duke will be something listened to by many people this year because uh, they have R.J. Barrett and some other dudes who seem pretty fun as well. So find a show you like on the network. If you find one and a host that you want to support, please subscribe, rate, and review to that show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts, and it's very much appreciated. You can do that with Lockdown Raptors. We are on our own feed, and ratings and reviews are deeply, deeply appreciated. We made it. We're over 150 for ratings on the iTunes page. It's very nice. Uh, It's still a very clean 5.0 rating, so please continue to add to that. It's very, very nice to read the reviews and the feedback, and I do take the feedback into account, so uh, thank you for taking the time if you have, or if you have not yet, thank you in advance for taking the time, because I know you're going to get to it at some point because you're nice people. 
All right, let's get to today's show. The Raptors beat the Lakers 121-107 at Staples Center last night without Kawhi Leonard. And joining me to talk about it is someone we haven't had on for a while, but I think maybe your last appearance was like the drunk party episode after the Raptors beat the Wizards. It's Darvin Nayak. How's it going, man? Did that... Going good, man. I think we did that one about the crazy Raptors names of all time. Uh, we might or have we done talked that about some Yada game for us all ten minutes. In yeah, the yeah, that's fair. We might have done that. <laughs> Those were dark times. <laughs> These are not dark times. The Raptors just beat the piss out of the Lakers, mostly in the first quarter. They they outscored them forty two seventeen. They were up like forty one ten at some point. Kyle Lowry and Serge Ibaka were plus thirty one in the first quarter. It was very nice to watch. It was cool to watch the Lakers uh, stumble around and try to defend and transition the entire night, and they did not do so successfully. But Dharma, do you, do you have like a big takeaway from the Raptors' ninth win of the season? Yeah. Um, do you think Serge Ibaka, like he somehow got like an anti-aging cream, or <laughs> like maybe he is working on some witchcraft that's kind of like turned into like a Benjamin Button situation? Because that's not the man that was on the floor last year for this team. Yeah. uh, This is a legitimate third option so far. Yeah, Serge has been ridiculous um, all season long, but last night was the culmination of it. 34 points on 15 of 17 shooting. There was a time, he was so good that at one point during the third quarter, I was looking up the Raptors' all-time record for made field goals without a miss. Uh, rest easy, Amir Johnson. Your record from back in 2013 against the Warriors stands. You're still 10 for 10. But Ibaka, at one point, I believe was 14 of 14. He had 10 boards, 2 assists, 2 steals. He threw a couple other nice passes that didn't result in actual buckets. One in particular where he found a cutting Kyle Lowry. Well, and then I think there was a foul by LeBron on Kyle at that point that LeBron was pretty upset with. But uh, still, like, it just... Oh, yeah, that was the... Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that was it. Almost would have been insult to injury if that pass led to a bucket for the Raptors because like Ibaka was just out of his mind. Uh, Twenty points in the first quarter. The calls for him to go for eighty-two were very much resonating in my ears. That would have been cool, <laughs> but he ends up with thirty-four and just a really kind of dominating performance all across the board. Just twenty-nine minutes for him too. Like it's not like he did it in oh, forty I mean, minutes. He made Joel McGee hop on Twitter and type the following. <laughs> 15 out of 17, damn, dot, 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 my bad, won't happen again, dot, dot, dot. In fairness, I don't think that's ever, in fairness, I don't think that's ever going to happen to Serge Ibaka again, but it would be nice if it did, and the way he's playing, I guess, is not out of the question. What do you think is the reason for Ibaka being so good this season? You know what it is? The, The craziest thing with all this is that he isn't doing anything different than he did last year if anything he might actually be doing less on the offensive end in terms of like dribbling the ball in terms of attempting to find his own shot he mm-hmm. may actually be doing less than he did last year and maybe like that's kind just of just getting to his spot and kyle's finding him yeah and he's executing he just has his legs under him this year i don't know what it is yeah i think a lot of it is kyle and his chemistry really kind of blossoming and yeah they're not asking him to like pick and pop and then do something off the dribble when he doesn't yeah, have the shot like, of They're not posting right? him up and then clearing out and letting him go to work or yeah. anything like that. Yeah, it does a lot of Lowry, I, mean, I think. Not good. Lowry's kind of walking into all these assists. He had 15 again last night. He had 9 in the first like 6 minutes of the game. <laughs> it was insane. That was ridiculous. Yeah, I, I fully expected him to go for the record. I'm thinking Jose Calderon and Damon Stoudemire's record of 19 in a game is probably going to fall at some point this season, the way Kyle's playing. He's I, like... 
it's Steve Nash what he's doing right now. That that's what he's playing. Like it's it's super fast. It's like seven seconds or less a lot of the time, and it's like one Kyle pass getting a guy an open shot every time down the floor. And like yes, it's the Lakers and their transition defense is something to be. It's it's like a, a piece of art really. It's it's that bad, but. Um, yeah, performance art more than defense, really. Yeah, but like he's been really good at finding Abaka's spots, and honestly, Abaka's playing a position that he's meant to play at this point, right? Like, he, yeah, in the modern NBA, at his age, he's a center. Yeah, he's been a center for like four years, I think, and he has not been able to play it because he was with the Thunder and they had Stephen Adams, or he was with the Magic and they had seven hundred centers who were making a lot of money, and <laughs> he, even when he came to the Raptors, like I, I think. Just he the idea. Casey as a head coach. Yeah, like the idea that I mean, Casey. Love you, Dwayne. Yeah, I, I didn't have like that much of an issue starting a Baca next to Valanciunas. It made sense to me, right? Because it's like you have the politics to weigh. Obviously, when you first trade for him, you want to keep him around. Like I, I'm thinking. Yeah, no. When you first trade for him, you have to start him because he was a free agent at that point after that season. Yeah, and like Kyle was out as well in that stretch as well, and it just made sense and. He was still masquerading as a power forward. Last year, I think it kind of ended the the, the charade that he was going to be a power forward. And this year, like, there's extra space for him to work. He is, I think, you know, he, he's not really picking and popping all that much. He's just kind of just being a really good role man and is just, like, a good target for Kyle to, to find. And with the amount of space that's on the floor where it's not two guys cluttered together, him and, him and Jonas... It just it just makes a lot of sense, and also he his defense is much better because he's playing the position in which he's best, right? Like he's always been better when he's near the rim. He's able to kind of be that last line of defense instead of having to scurry out to the perimeter and get blown by by dudes. Like he's not having to do that anymore. So it's just all of it's making sense. I I really really applaud Nick Nurse for sticking to his guns and saying yeah, like we have six starters. And I'm going to switch these guys back in and out. And, you know, it took a lot of courage to do that because Ibaka makes a lot of money and it wouldn't have been yeah. the easiest thing. And there's a world in which, like, Ibaka and Valanciunas are both pissed off by this and it, both of their play lags because of it. But instead, they're, they're both, both playing. Thriving. Yeah, they're both playing incredible basketball right now. And, and Valanciunas, his per 36 numbers are, like, through the roof. I think he's averaging, like, 28 points per 36 minutes right now. It's nuts. But Yeah, he had 14 and 8 in 17 minutes last night. Yeah, he's just he's been the one staple in that bench unit. We'll get to the bench unit in a sec, but he's been the one staple that's really kind of held up the offense there, and that, that's without like a ton of help around him. It's like shouts to Nick Nurse for sticking to his guns on this because again, it would have been easy for him to deviate away from it and to just not do it and to say, all right, like the politics of the money that these guys make suggests like yeah, maybe Ibaka should be starting, but I think. The, the way I would imagine he sold it and the way it's being sold right now is like, yeah, maybe you're not going to start every game, but you're going to be in the optimal position to succeed every time you're on the court now. And that's going to lead to bigger numbers where whenever you're coming off the bench or starting, like it's just, it's just going to lead to better all around situations for you to succeed in. And that is going to be how we make up for you not having your name announced at the start of the game. So yeah. And you know, I think none of these guys care about, anything until mid-April. Yeah, yeah. Mid-April is where these guys already have their eyes set. Yeah, that's that's. Okay, I mean, you listen, if you listen to them talk, and basically every training camp interview is always like, we got to be ready for April, we got to be ready for June, we got to be ready for June. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that, like, starting, I think now they're kind of over it. Now they're over, like, oh, you know, the best regular season team, like, the division. 
which I think just like the fans, I think they're over it too now. They're like, you know what, let's just get to the playoffs and let's do what we need to do. Yeah, and I wonder if like a nice thing as well is like everyone's getting paid. Like Ibaka yeah. and Jonas, they're both making good money. I know Jonas is like potentially in a contract year because he's got an option, but like I can't imagine he's going to opt out of seventeen million. Um, like yeah, he's on paid. That, uh, he was on that extension from what twenty fourteen fifteen, something like that. Oh, it might have been the summer of twenty. I think it was the crazy summer where everyone got paid. If I'm not mistaken, yeah, he yeah. was like the one it not the, bad it deal. Season, it was the season leading up to the crazy summer because I remember he was signed for four years, sixty four million. Yeah, yeah. And then everyone's looking at uh, what's his contract, Timothy Mozgov, and they're like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Wait, Every, by the way, yeah. where did he go? <laughs> I think he's on the Magic. Yeah, he and was, that was, who paid him four years, sixty million? The Lake. Oh yeah, the Lakers paid him a lot of money. That's correct. And then they had to trade D'Angelo Russell to get rid of him. And I don't know, D'Angelo Russell couldn't have been much worse than most of these guys on this team. Um, God, the Lakers are depressing, man. Like LeBron is great. No doubt about that. LeBron rules. He had a stinker last night. He sure did. He, uh, he I don't know, like you didn't notice him at all, right? Yeah, he had 18, two and six with three turnovers and three fouls and a minus 16 on the night. Yeah, and like in fairness to the Lakers, they did play a game against Portland the night before and had less than 24 hours to turn around. So like that's like I guess there's some excuse it. for being like slow, um, but their transition Didn't we do that defense. With Philly, what's that? Didn't we do that with Philly and still beat Philly? Well, Philly also had a back to back, so. Oh, that's right. Yeah, but yeah, like the Lakers did not try, and I, like this, this really seemed like a game for them that was a, a schedule loss because of the way the schedule broke down. Like in Portland the night the night before, less than 24 hours to turn around, like. Even with the extra yeah, hour of sleep. they actually almost blew that one, too, so they actually had to try. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm not shocked they looked a little bit lethargic, but it was kind of to a degree that I just am kind of startled by. And Yeah, and I was reading some Lakers fans on Twitter, and they were like, like, yes, I understand. Like, even the Lakers fans were like, yeah, we get that they're tired, but, like, yeah, there's no excuse for this level of ineptitude. It was a, like, nonstop parade to the basket. How many turnovers did the Lakers have? They only had 15 As turnovers, team, which had, seems which low. Actually, yeah, no, I thought they had 15 in like a quarter at one yeah. point. That seems that low. Seems... The Raptors were turning them over kind of. I guess they were just doing it in waves, right, where they would have like five straight possessions where they just Wait, like. we only shot 28% from three. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, we should talk about that in a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about the Raptors shooting woes from last night and some other stuff yeah. as well. But first, I want to tell you about the Locked On Podcast Network social media feeds. It, the Locked On Podcast Network is doing some really cool things on Twitter and Instagram right now. If you follow on Twitter at Locked On NBA Net, you can get all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts covering their local NBA team. You can do this with NFL as well, Locked On NFL Net. And it's just like, it pretty much. My whole feed now is me being retweeted by this Locked On NBA feed, and I'm pretty sure every other host is on there as well. So if you want to like condense it down and not follow everybody, just follow the Locked On NBA Network Twitter feed, and you'll get all of the local hosts. It's great for during games or where there's breaking news going on to get a local perspective on all the stuff that's going on at the time. And on Instagram, Locked On NBA Net is giving you the biggest stories in just one minute on your Instagram stories. They're taking parts of the podcast, cutting it out, putting it on the Instagram stories or on the Instagram feeds. And you can get a little snippet of the podcast and maybe click and go for a full listen to the show. So make sure you are following the Locked On NBA and NFL Network Twitter feeds. It's uh, it's really useful and we're doing some pretty cool stuff on there. This Locked On podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found... 
Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right, let's get to... Uh, I don't know. What do you? What else should we talk about from this game? Is there anything like concerning from it? The Raptors. It wasn't the most like start to finish, wire to wire, incredible performance, right? It was an amazing first quarter. Yeah. They just kind of coasted, but I don't think they had to do much more than just coast. Like they didn't seem I like mean, they I'm needed to. Plus minuses. Yeah. And our bench is all minuses, and our starters are all pluses, which is pretty much the inverse of last year. Well, the last year starters were really good. Last year, yeah, the starters were excellent. Were yeah, like they were a plus like seven or something, I think. Like they were one of the better lineups in the league as well. Um, it's the year before yeah, that the like starters last, were a disaster. Yeah, like, like I'm, looking, I'm reading the plus minuses. I'm like our lowest plus minus on the starting lineup was plus 19, which yeah. is OG. That's the lowest <laughs> we have in the starting lineup. Yeah, the starters have been insane this season. The Lowry, Ibaka, Danny Green, Kawhi, Pascal Siakam lineup. Is a plus 26 net rating in 81 minutes, 117.3 offensive, 91.3 defensive rating. It's been insane. Um, last night's lineup obviously had OG in place of Kawhi, who didn't even play in this game. We've buried the lead. I, I think we've kind of talked about it, though, but he's obviously got some sore foot stuff after that Suns game on Friday, which we haven't talked about yet, but who needs to waste time talking about the game against the Suns where they like walked to a victory and sleepwalked to a nine-point win? Um, but yeah, yeah the starters have been like coherent basketball for the third quarter. No, so. they didn't. It was yeah. I, I just don't need to waste time on that game. But the yeah, the the starters have been upholding the bench, which is like normal, I think, for most teams. And I don't know where yeah. do you, where are you on the bench right now because they're not playing well. Last night, CJ Miles 0 of six, 0 of four from deep. Uh, Fred Van Vliet had a rough game. I thought it might have just of been ten shooting. Yeah, I I think Van Vliet he was 0 of four, 0 of six last night, but. Yeah, and three, um, three goes 0 of 4. Yeah, that's, yeah, but that's in the 0 of 6. That's included in that. Oh, that's, in, that's included in the 0 of 6? Yeah. <laughs> wow. I've been watching basketball for like 10 years. <laughs> hey, can we edit that out? <laughs> I don't know if we can. It's kind of funny. <laughs> no, it's okay. Just leave it. I deserve that. Oh, my God. Uh, this has been Dharma Learns How to Read a Box Score on Lockdown Raptors. Um, hey, guy, you learn new every day. <laughs> Time to go back to bed. That's my thing for the day. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, yeah, Fred, 0 of 6 last night. But uh, honestly, if there was one aspect of the Lakers' defense that wasn't garbage, it was I thought Rondo and Lonzo Ball did a pretty good job on Fred, and like I think the size kind of bothered him a little bit. So I'm not yeah. too concerned. He was really good against the Suns Friday and also in, in the Sixers game, I believe. Yeah, he was good in the Sixers game too. So I'm not all that concerned about Fred having a, a one-off night because it's just one night. Um, but Miles and Powell were the kind I mean, of... honestly, I've kind of given up on Powell's at this point. I don't expect anything from him. Yeah. Whatever we get on top of a 0 stat line is gravy. <laughs> but Powell's been kind of okay this year. He's not shooting ever, but he's been, I think, defending he pretty well. Stupid. 
What's that? He hasn't been dumb with them all. Yeah, he hasn't year. been like like actively going out of his way to do too much, but um, like I, I think Powell's been okay. Like if I think on balance, he's been better than Miles, which is I think the area that I kind of want to focus on here because if there is a concern, it's that nine, ten, eleven spot in the rotation, which it's ridiculous that this is like the thing Raptors fans are concerned about. Like it's fine. Like everything's gonna be okay if this is your biggest problem. Um, like they just beat the Lakers by 14 with no Kawhi. Like they're they're a very good team, but there is I think there's a little bit of concern. I think some people have been kind of talking about like on Raptors internet what the rotation should be and how Miles and Powell's minutes should be de- delegated. And complicating this now is that Delon Wright finally showed kind of peak Delon Wright's funkiness last night, where he was 11 points on five of eight shooting. He had a lot of really nice. Um, funky drives to the rim and just kind of looked like himself again, which was great because he has not looked like himself this season in, when, in the games that he's played. Um, so now if you kind of assume that your top eight is Ibaka, Siakam, uh, Kawhi, OG, Lowry, Green, Valanciunas, Van Vliet, like where do you think Miles and Powell should be kind of falling into this? Because like it's... They're... I mean, the thing is, right, like, yeah. at the end of the day, like, right now, like, from what I've seen on the court right now, he brings in Miles as a direct replacement for Danny Green or Kawhi. Yeah. And, I mean, we can't have, and honestly, I don't want Danny Green and Kawhi running out and playing 35 minutes a night. Yeah. And, I mean, Danny Green was at, the most minutes last night was Pascal topped out at 35, which is fine by me because that guy, I don't know, that guy does not run out of energy ever. Nope. <laughs> like, I, it's insane. But, like, the thing is, like, in the regular season right now, it doesn't really matter to me. But at the same time, I mean, like, he was he had three threes on uh, – Miles had three threes against the Suns. Mm-hmm. So I think it's coming. And last night, none of his looks were that great. Yeah. I mean, there was a couple times where I think he got uh, – I think he was closed out very well. And I think he might have gotten hit a couple times. Mm-hmm. I don't remember – Actually, the only people, the only one that really had clean looks and missed most of them was OG last night. Yeah. Um, but Miles, I don't know, I didn't see that many good looks for him. And honestly, like, he's a shooter, and shooters will shoot their way out of slumps. As long as, if, it, if it's like this come December, then I think alarm bells are going off. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's November, and I'm not too worried. He's, he's a professional, he's a veteran, I think he'll figure it out. Yeah, I... I, I agree he's not going to shoot like this all season. He's a, a streaky guy by nature, right? And he's had lulls like this in the past, this, even with the Raptors last year. And then he would have, yeah. like, crazy games where he'd go off for 20 points and hit a bunch of threes. So, yeah, I'm not, like, saying don't play him at all right now. And I do think, you know, there's something to the idea that the looks that you the, that you mentioned that he's not getting cleanly right now, a lot of that has to do with the bench not being fully functioning just yet. And... Maybe, like, they've only had one game where it's full strength, right? And everyone's yeah. kind of there. And I do think eventually there's going to be a little bit more staggering going on as well, where they'll play Kyle with the bench more often, which would be great because that would be terrifying and, like, really good and fun and, like, probably would open up a lot of things for CJ Miles, who, you know, again, like, last night Van Vliet was kind of smothered. Wright did a pretty good job kind of creating for the bench unit offense, but... Uh, yeah, like, Miles is not getting the same open looks that, say, a Danny Green is in the starting five, right? Because Danny yeah, Green's no, just Danny getting Green every is, look possible. Danny Green is wetting them. Oh, my God. He's he looks so fire. good. Even though he had the one possession last night where he got the ball in the corner, bricked it, and then just, like, ran around to the other wing 
like the ball came right back to him and, it, and I was like, yeah, he's definitely putting this in. Like, there's no way he's not putting this in. He's just kind of, he's very much I'm so a... so excited uh, to see him come playoff time because he's going to be yeah. so huge for us. Yeah, he's uh, he's been really, really good. And like, hey, I think he had another think double block Pascal last Siakam night. Siakam should go back to the bench to help with the bench unit because honestly, I think moving him and Jakob Pertl, who are both who are both good ball movers, mm-hmm. is hurting them a lot on the bench. We've talked because... about this a bit um, in the last few episodes. I agree Siakam would make the bench a little bit more liable to hum, but he's playing so well right now. I don't know. Like, yeah, if I, no, like, you can't move him right now, but I mean, it's something that has to, like, I mean, that's really the only solution I see for the bench right now, unless yeah. Miles finds his shot all of a sudden and yeah. people start respecting Van Vliet's shot again. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think right now, if your go-to bench unit is going to be in an ideal world, right, Van Vliet, Miles, OG, Valanchunas, like that should be good. That should yeah, no, that's kind of better than work. And I'd say almost every bench in the league. Yeah, oh, it's it's ridiculous. Like they're insanely deep, and like it's again, we're spending like five minutes worried about the nine, ten, and eleven in the rotation because what else is there to worry about on this team? But as far as like the Miles Powell question goes, because I think there are some people who are just calling for Nurse to. Completely just go to a 10-man rotation, stop trying it out with 11 guys, and just go right to 10-man. And, like, I think it's a little premature for that. Like, it's November 5th. Like, you don't have to carve it down. I think eventually it's probably going to be a 9-man rotation, and by the playoffs, I wouldn't be stunned if both Miles and Powell are completely out of it. And they're just working in Kawhi with bench units to kind of fill it in, or, or Lowry with bench units, and they'll just make it work that way. Because there's enough wing depth that you can kind of get away with not even having Miles and Powell play, which is insane. Again, lots of first world problems on this Raptors team. Oh yeah, so many. Yeah, so like I, I think it's okay to be concerned about it, I suppose. And if you really want like a close rotation, like fine. But like the people calling for the close rotation and the carved down rotation where they're not giving Powell minutes are probably the same people who were like, why is Dwayne Casey so stringent in this rotation? Like. It's Nick Nurse is trying stuff out, and I'm okay if he's going to give 11 guys minutes on a given night because who knows? Maybe that's how you get Powell back into a shooting groove. Maybe that's like you don't want guys to be entirely cold because what if you need them to come in, right? I think Nurse yeah. is approaching the season as like we need to have all avenues available to us come post come playoff time. That's why they're starting different lineups. That's why they're trying different things out. And if you completely shut somebody out of the rotation in the interest of having a clean 10-man rotation in early November, I think you're kind of doing yourself a disservice there. So I the, I get it. People like to have clean lineups that they can you know look at and get data for, but I am very okay with just seeing what happens between Miles and Powell here. It's 10 games in. They don't need to make a decision as to who should be playing or who shouldn't be this early in the year and just kind of letting them play it out and just sort of using the season as a way to judge who should be getting those minutes come playoff time, I think is probably a smart thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at the schedule right now and it's conceivable that we could finish November with three losses total. Yeah. Like, I mean, the only three games that I'm worried about are tomorrow, are tonight in Utah. Yeah. Um, it's the 16th in Boston and the 29th against the Warriors here. Yeah, they have a game against the Pelicans. They've been kind of scuffling a little bit lately. They have a pretty easy. Uh, this is look at the, the the road trip. It's Boston, and then it's at Chicago, which I'd imagine they'd rest Kawhi for because it's a back to back. And then at Orlando, yeah. at Atlanta, also a back to back. But come on, like yeah, they're they're gonna win a lot of games. And yeah, this whole season is going to be winning a lot of games. They've already banked nine wins. Like that, this should be. 
a season where you're leaving all avenues open. I wouldn't even mind like blowing it out and hey, like let's see what Greg Greg Monroe can do sometimes. Like I don't think Greg Monroe should play when it matters, but I don't know. Like I just I don't see the need to worry about too many guys playing in the rotation right now. Like yeah, I, I'm sure Nick Nurse knows what he's doing. Yeah, like Nick Nurse knows what he's doing, and I think the lack of structure is kind of by design. And I think we'll see as the season plays out. Eventually, it'll be sort of pared down to I'd probably a nine or eight man rotation, and that's fine. Yeah, I mean, but, I can see him after. I can see him maybe like as March starts to like turn into April. Yeah. I can see him starting to like tighten the rotation and really just figure out what he wants to do going mm-hmm. to the playoffs. Yeah. So she has seen becomes more clear and we have a better idea of who we're going to be playing in the first round. Yeah. Who, by the way, Washington is not going to be in the playoffs <laughs> unless they trade everybody. And even then, they're not going to be in the playoffs. They're so garbagey. Um, I love it. Yeah. Uh, we're going to wrap up by teeing up tonight's game against the Jazz in just a second. But first, is your company looking for a new way to reach customers? Your company could be mentioned right here in this very space. Podcast listeners are 60% more likely to interact with sponsors that they hear on the podcast. And our demographic is 98% males with more education and earning more earning than most traditional media audiences. Have your company sponsor this podcast. Email me at sean.woodley1 at gmail.com. We can get that process started. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up-to-date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, let's wrap this thing up here. Raptors play the Jazz tonight. Donovan Mitchell will not play for Utah. Uh, Kawhi Leonard up in the air. I think it's more likely that he will play than I would have expected coming into this road trip because I thought he would play in L.A. and rest in Utah. But it turns out, that the LA game was winnable without him. I think they're they're being extra cautious with him and, and the foot thing that happened in the, against the the Suns on Friday. He's traveling with the team to Utah by all reports. So I, I don't know what what do you expect from tonight's game? Do you think we'll see Kawhi? Do you think they're like going to continue to exercise caution? Do you think they'll look at this one and say, "Hey, there's no Donovan Mitchell. Maybe this is winnable without him." Um, I think we should be fine as long as we don't let Utah get up early because that crowd is really, really annoying. <laughs> and it can put you out of games pretty early. Yeah. So outside of that, we should be fine. Without Donovan Mitchell, they don't really have an offense. In my opinion, I mean, they've lost three straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just lost to the Grizzlies, so... Hey, the Grizzlies that, are good, man. I know they I lost to the Suns last night, but I'm, I'm here for the Grizzlies. <laughs> <laughs> I only care about them because of Dylan Brooks, and that's about it. As a Raptors fan who has often seen the, myself in, in the Grizzlies, or seen the Raptors <laughs> in the Grizzlies, I will always appreciate and root for the Grizzlies to succeed. Grit and grind, baby. Hell yeah. Um, they're, they're, the Raptors are Grizzlies East. At least the, the former edition of the Raptors is Grizzlies East, not Clippers East. I'm sorry, Will Lou, but it's they're Grizzlies East. Anyway. Um, yeah, the, the Jazz. So the Jazz will be an interesting sort of change of pace quite literally, apart from the pun, from the from the Lakers, and just sort of how the Raptors are going to have to play defense against them is going to change, because the Jazz are like the masters of the 22nd possession, where they run you through a million screens and do a ton of actions to get Joe Ingles a look off a pin down, 
And yeah, they're twenty. They're eighteenth in pace right now in the league. At yeah, hundred point three. So like, there's not like they play like fast and furious basketball. It's going to be a grinded out game. Yeah, which I think Kyle excels in. He's always love playing against Utah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a weird one. Against Utah. Yeah, he always owns them. Um, yeah, and I also just like like the Raptors last night against the. I mean, defending in transition is obviously its own thing, and like you have to be good at it. And the Raptors are in a way that the Lakers certainly were not, but. Um, I do think it's going to be interesting to see because the Raptors, if there's been one criticism, it's just that they haven't really kind of carried the focus through an entire game and they can have the waves where they'll shut a team down with, you know, steal after steal after steal after missed shot after defensive rebound and like completely smother them and turn that defense into offense. But I think the Jazz are probably a little bit more of a sort of methodical offensive team. There's going to be fewer opportunities for you to sort of take advantage of, you know, guys rushing in transition. And I do wonder if like, their focus on defense will be put to the test tonight, and you know that'll be a good thing. It, it, it's a different, it's a very, very different beast than the Lakers, who just like are one pass, try to get a shot up, and go back and not defend. Like it, it's, it's obviously very different. Um, what do you think the Raptors should do in regards to the Rudy Gobert matchup? Because there are two ways to look at this. One is Valanciunas is the obvious guy you start against him because yeah, if you want true. any chance, you yeah, if you want any chance on the boards. You start Jonas and like just hope he can kind of go head to head with him. Or the other way to look at it is if there's a way to play Rudy Gobert off the floor or to make him less effective, it's to draw him away from the basket a little bit. And maybe this is where you use Ibaka, who, again, like we have, like we, like we said, he's not picking and popping. He's not away from the basket quite as much as he used to be. He is much much more of a rim runner this season. So maybe that you know kind of nullifies that 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 advantage. But I do wonder if maybe. You try to stretch them out a little bit, and you, you obviously you're giving up a lot on the rebounding aspect if you have a back up against Gobert. But the way the rest of the team is rebounded, like Siakam's rebounding his ass off right now, and he's got three straight over in double digits rebounding. Um, and if you have Kawhi playing, he's a good rebounder, so maybe you can get away with it. I don't know if you can. Maybe you just test it out to see what it is. But like, I, I don't know. Do you think a back or Valanciunas should get the start against Gobert tonight? Because there's arguments to be made both ways. Uh, I think I'd give it to JV just because I think that like I, I'm not saying I'm not saying we should throw JV in bone, but at the same time, Ibaka did play a lot of minutes last night, mm-hmm. and he's played a lot of minutes almost every night this season. Right. And I figured if there's any if there's a sending lead to like that you can justify resting him against or like not resting but like putting him on the back burner a bit against it's Rudy Gobert who is an absolute monster. Yeah. Um, and I think JV's traditionally played him pretty well. Yeah. I don't think I remember JV having many problems with a guy like Rudy Gobert before, so I think we could give JV a go tonight. But I mean, Nurse isn't one of those reactionary coaches. Yeah. That where he'll uh, he'll react to what the other team is doing. I think he wants to play a certain brand of basketball, and right now that brand of basketball is Serge Ibaka over JV. Yeah. In my opinion, so I think I mean Nurse is new. We've never really seen him have to adjust to another team's elite player yet. Because he hasn't seen Antetokounmpo, and I think with Rudy Gobert, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see what he does because I'm not sure how he's going to react to playing against a guy like that. Yeah, I guess the fact that he ended up starting Abaka against Joel Embiid last week maybe kind of changes my thinking on this because I would have thought for sure this would be a JV game because it's the kind of center that he usually does pretty well against. Although Gobert just absolutely destroyed the Raptors last year. I think the Jazz ended the Raptors' winning streak last season, if I'm not mistaken. They're 11 they gamer. Did. Yeah, and Gobert, I think, was like just a goddamn monster in that game. But 
Um, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see how that's all going to play out. We will see tonight. The Raptors take on the Jazz at 9 o'clock Eastern time. I'll have a podcast oh, tomorrow. No. Yeah, another late game. The, the, the road trip's almost over. Don't worry. It's, it's going to be okay. Um, yeah, I'm ready for 7 o'clock starts again, though, for sure. I'm already in bed by 10.30. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll have a podcast tomorrow breaking down the game, and then we'll look ahead to the Sacramento Kings, who are kind of good on Wednesday. The Kings. Yeah, baby. I like the Kings. Darren Fox rules. We'll talk about that. Hopefully I'll get a Kings guest or something on the podcast. We can look ahead at the Kings in a little crossover episode or something of that nature. Um, until then, Dharma, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Thanks for having me, man. It's good to talk to you again. We're at Mind of Dharma on Twitter, is that correct? Yep, still the same at that's the brand, baby. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Woodley Sean. You can find the show at I, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Lockdown Raptors. It's the best way to support the show if you leave a little rating or a review. It's free to do. It takes five seconds, and uh, it very much helps us out with the rankings and all that good stuff. Uh, if you are interested, you can also subscribe to my Patreon page, patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors, where I'm doing premium episodes on Raptors history mostly. And last week's episode was myself and, uh, oh God, who did I have? John Gotis from Raptors HQ. And we broke down Morris Peterson's Miracle 3 against the Wizards back in 2007. Always oh, fun yeah. to dunk on the Wizards no matter who or what. Was you know, it Butler that threw that ball up? No, Michael Ruffin, dude. Come on. Who? Michael Ruffin. Come on, man. Karan Butler was the uh, lackadaisical defender who allowed it, who allowed Mopi to go up for the for the three. But right, yeah, I like, knew he was on the court. So no capacity. Yeah. Well, we dove Anyways, all into Michael yeah. Ruffin's uninspiring career as well in the podcast. So if you're interested in that, <laughs> it's available to all five dollar or more subscribers at Patreon.com. Yeah, Sean is a five star person and a five star podcast host. Please give him the monies. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate the plug. Uh, again, we'll be back again on Tuesday. Enjoy the game tonight, everybody, and we will talk to you next time. Unlocked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.